Hello? So, pre-chat, I hear you've been constipated. Had a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit worrying. I had a burrito. I expected to be able to expel it. Has not happened yet. <laughs> Thanks so much for everyone braving the genuine cold today to get out of the house. I would not have done it. But I think we've all we've fallen into the same trap of it being cold and horrible, so you just want comfort. I got here and I just inhaled fish and chips and then immediately sat there going... Why did you do that? You gotta go on stage and now on to sleep. You spontaneously grew a fisherman's hat. I did. <laughs> I put it on because I got cold, but it's it's a it's a beauty treatment. You put a hat on and then you, you see what mystery hair shape you get. Nice. Yeah. One it's round of applause. Vile sun. I'll take it. I'm still preoccupied with you actually expecting to shit out a burrito ten minutes after eating it. What do you it's think your body does with time. food? Burritos are a special sort of tubular food. <laughs> like, I don't know, it just seems worthwhile to get it out as quickly as possible. The human body is not one of those uh, shoot systems with that they put in letters to go around post offices in films. Pneumatic, pneumatic that's it. Pneumatic delivery. Round of delivery applause systems. and the word pneumatic from that a member of the audience tonight. <laughs> Another round of applause from one. We've got one for one. I like it. It's a system. You smashed it. It's a support network. <laughs> On the way here, I saw a courier bike that had the phrase, honk if you're hungry, written on the side of it. Nice. And I read it as, honk if you're hungry. <laughs> and I haven't <laughs> been able to stop thinking about that beautiful phrase. We can vouch for that. <laughs> he messaged, I'm hungry. Where's my hunk? Honk if you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he messaged WhatsApp, the WhatsApp group very excitedly. Yeah. I'm assuming yes. immediately afterwards. Guess what's just happened to me. <laughs> I misread something in a way that amused me. <laughs> oh, hunk if you're Will hungry. I not believe it. Can you shuffle your back a bit so I can see Steve? I yeah. like looking at Steve. Oh, okay. It's, it's all about you. Oh, it's, we always forget to do it. Do a little. Oh, uh... thanks. Now no one can hear me. <laughs> There's my beautiful boys. No, hello again. <laughs> now, of course, the reason we're all here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? This is the Regular Features Podcast. Correct. Welcome. And tonight... I'm hatching a feature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. You may have noticed some strange noises. 
before we came on stage. Oh yeah, that was Joe in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what was I what was up with the noises? Wish. What were the noises? Those inexplicable wailing sounds. Well, that is my feature. It was a bit of groundwork because otherwise, I just realise how fucking inaccessible it might be without a bit of groundwork. <laughs> it's people have been teaching killer whales to mimic their sounds in a way that no other animal ever has mimicked human voices. Teaching them to speak. Speak. In the, like, parrots do it better, but not as weirdly. Yeah, but... Have they been teaching them, or did they just learn? Imagine if parrots were doing it whilst gargling like a ventriloquist's parrot. <laughs> That's what whales are doing these days. I didn't click on this story, and I just presumed that actually what would happen is they just learned, and they kind of recorded them secretly, and they were like, holy shit, the whales are just talking to each other. <laughs> like, learning how to speak. Yeah. with whales. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to give too much away for the uh, feature because I have. You're literally. You're going to have to do away, it eventually. Blowing away. <laughs> <laughs> what, am, I, am I launching into the feature? I mean, it's yeah, literally yeah. time oh, for your feature. No, my God, I've, it's scripted. I'm, I may have trodden on my own toes here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, if you are. If you're anything like me, you'll harbour an infinite fondness for whales. And because and because Gav's not here, I can, and also because of the previous chat, I can confide in you that that means Wales the animal, not Wales the country, which isn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> I love whales. They're the shark for girls. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're even more like me than you previously realised, your favourite whale is the killer whale. Killer whales. They're the shark for girls for boys. <laughs> <laughs> but did you know whales could talk in human? Um, I didn't know when I was writing this that you would have heard it all beforehand, so whatever, let's just improvise a bit. Like that thing you just heard before when people were talking to whales in human. There you go, improvisation over, back to the script. <laughs> That's right, whales can poke their heads out of the sea, tap their chests with a giant deadly fin, cough out a couple of barnacles, and speak in English. Yes, they can speak English just as well as minor birds, parrots, and Mishka, the dog that howls in frustration in a way that sounds like she's saying, I love you. <laughs> That's what I discovered when I did some journalism by going to the Guardian website. <laughs> when I That's when I researched an article by clicking on a link in a tweet I saw. What followed was a short descent into a whale-filled rabbit hole that lasted as long as the one-minute audio file that I listened to. <laughs> that is the very same audio file that you just heard today before the show. Let's put it this way. That minute of whale audio rocked my understanding of what it meant to be a modern whale. And I want to share my findings. Make sure I'm there. Now, on the recording, there are three individual voices. Two of these voices are whales, and the other is a woman teaching them English. And I hope I for her a, sake... A really good whale. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she's a human, and for that reason, I hope, for her sake, she's got the appropriate TEFL qualification. I, su <laughs> I suppose I could have learned the names of the woman or the whales if I'd read the accompanying <laughs> article on the website, but... In the name of scientific purity, I didn't want to get too involved and close to the subjects. And honestly, who can be asked reading the fucking Guardian? That's it. I hate the Daily Mail too. It's fine. I'm <laughs> Let's explore this clip more thoroughly, shall we? Let's dive into it, deep style, deeper than a whale might go. 
the first word this lady try, just tries to teach the whales is hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> so that's two distinct whales. Yes. I mean, you can already tell from the, that clip that these are two very different whales. <laughs> are they talking out of the blowholes? <laughs> Whoa, Steve. <laughs> Chew your jets. They're just trying, mate. <laughs> That's really rude. <laughs> mate, you're talking like you're fucking blowhole. <laughs> oh, you. um, so, so let's just, you can already tell the two from, so listen to that first one again. Now, let's be honest, this one's a little bit camp. <laughs> But he's already learned to imbue a single English word with a world of layered meaning. This isn't a confident hello with an outstretched hand. Whales don't have hands. This hello is, hello? Who's that? I wasn't expecting anyone. Oh God, the house is a mess. They can't come in. Jeremy, have you ordered anything from the internet? Oh God, no. It's not a box, it's a clipboard. No, no, no good ever came from a clipboard. You mark my words. God, I really haven't got the time for this. There's krill all over the mantelpiece and a massive clump of bleached coral hanging from my ass. I mean, why can't people give you notice? Oh, oh, thank God they've gone. Compare that with the second whale. <laughs> <laughs> now that's, he's different. He's, 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 he's a whale that's made very different life choices. Press this whale's buzzer and you'll get a cigarette-cracked voice over an intercom telling you the door isn't locked, come straight up to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whale whose life of hedonistic excess has left it with a million stories, none of which contain any valuable kernels of wisdom. <laughs> the next word that she teaches them is um, just a simple word, Amy. Amy! <laughs> Amy! <laughs> Again... Both whales have a different style. <laughs> you know, I fucking actually love this whale. He's a, just a bit of a drama queen. <laughs> this whale is feeling all of the social anxiety that I felt when I even bothered trying to speak French. <laughs> this, this isn't just Amy. This is a realization that your partner has invited Amy over and you've just invited Justine over. And Amy hates Justine since you let Frank slap his dick against her blowhole. And Amy knew Justine was interested in Frank and she only wanted him because everything's a goddamn competition with her. Number six. <laughs> no such anxiety for our... No, sorry. no such anxiety for our more worldly wise whale. Which, as a side note, is what WWW stood for before the internet. <laughs> this whale even manages to pull off a better French accent than I ever could. Oh, come in. Oh, oh come in. <laughs> You're just in time to watch some avant-garde whale cinema and slap your colossal dorsal fin against my genital slit. And genital slit is a part of whale anatomy that I found from a really badly drawn gif. <laughs> I don't know. It's the first thing that came up for whale anatomy, and it was genital slit written in what looked like handwriting. <laughs> so there you go. So, like I said, I'm restricting my research. <laughs> so yeah, so far so good. The, the the education of these whales is about to collapse as Amy teaches our whales how to blow a raspberry. Now, this is a branching moment in everyone's life. Every time everyone learns to blow a raspberry, a universe is formed in which they never learn to do a mouth trump. One day, we will be visited by someone from the single universe in which no one has ever slurped out a face fart. They will visit us, they will look at us, 
and they will roll their fucking eyes. <laughs> anyway, back to the recording. All we hear this time is two raspberries. Uh, this opens up a can of worms format-wise. I was hoping to hear a human fart, a screaming camp whale fart, <laughs> another human fart, and then a filthy great bucket arse fart from a mucky old whale who's wearing lipstick and a tattered old bra. But all you get is two raspberries, of which this is the first. I mean, that's a good raspberry. But is it a whale raspberry? I mean, if it's a person doing it, I'm less impressed. I mean, I, mean, I can do that. In fact, in fact, I'll do it now unless someone says, log, carry on with your feature. Okay, let me put that another way. I'm going to bow raspberries until someone says, log, carry on with your feature. Genuinely really excited to see him drink beer while doing it. We're gonna lose our deposit. I mean, that's what a real whale raspberry would sound like underwater. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it to your sense of comic timing. I've made my bed, I'll lie in it. I mean, most of us weren't that confident in our features tonight, so this is good. I'm happy with this. How much are we charging for tickets these days? I actually know. Log, would you mind continuing with your feature? Thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> I knew oh, you've ruined Steve. it for everyone, Steve. We love chaos too much. <laughs> Okay, so having listened to that, which might be a human and might be a whale fart, let's listen to what is actually, what, what I can only conclude from the format and the context, this is a whale fart. <laughs> That's better. Fair play. That I mean, fucking great. I've written in the script, slow clap. I can't slow clap because I'm holding a phone, but fucking yes. Well done, whale. In fact, fair play to both whales if, if fair play is due. I don't know. Hello and Amy, they were both qualified successes, but both whales have absolutely fucking nailed fake farts. Which is interesting, because farts must sound really different underwater. I mean, less... Well, more bloppy, I'd imagine. So this isn't just a masterclass in oral mimicry, it's a tour de force of anal empathy. I mean, Steve, can you, like, can you do a worm burp? Can you imagine what it's like to be underground and do a burp? Shall we to try? Yeah, I do. I can do, mate. I don't need to do it until people ask you to stop. <laughs> Probably just like... Stop. <laughs> oh, I like worms more now. <laughs> anyway, it's short and sharp. Oh. <laughs> that was a fart I did in 2011. <laughs> That's on your audio boom. It is it? indeed. <laughs> I've played it in the I've played it in the podcast once before, but I think this time I actually boosted the audio in the second half when it went into a more whiny. <laughs> you, re you remastered it. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's like the Beatles' best tops. <laughs> like the director's I mean, cut of Blade Runner. Right there. 
<laughs> I don't think that got did at Abbey Road. Uh, I think the reason you can tell that's me is because at the end I do laugh at disbelief at the length and also the varying pictures. So um, yeah. Play again. I want to hear the laugh. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Emphatic intro. Stop laughing. <laughs> I love that. That's me trying to stay quiet because I want the audio to be pure, but I can't help myself. <laughs> I thought that was because you were at work or something. <laughs> I was on the toilet. I think Stuart was in the next room. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so um, anyway, now it's time. We've got to. We've got so far in our lessons. It's time for some numbers. Whales love numbers. Their favourite number is plankton's constant, and that's a that's a journalism fact. One two. <laughs> One two. So it turns out that teaching the whales how to fart was a mistake. <laughs> Overwhelmed by the anxiety and the, and the pressure to perform, the first whale no longer seeks to improve himself and wishes to only to repeat the last thing he did well. <laughs> yep, it's pretty on the nose, anxious whale, but I get it. You're satirizing me. <laughs> I don't know how you know me, but it's an accurate portrayal, and despite feeling attacked right now, I'll take it. Meanwhile, the jaded hedonist whale has really pulled it back. And this, that is as solid as any whale counting to two that I've ever heard. <laughs> Performed with the passion of the recently performed. I can see her with a pencil in her mouth, her hair tied up in a bun. Her old friends gather around saying, Why are you counting, you dumb whore? Are you trying to fix... Are you trying to work out how many whale dicks you've sucked? <laughs> Come and blow raspberries with the girls! And another one of her friends saying, Carol, you bitch, put some lipstick on your blowhole and dance like the slut that you are. That's a callback from 100 episodes ago. <laughs> but she's determined. She's going she's gonna to learn to count to three, which is what you have to do to become a, rec become a respected whale actuary. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Now, at this point in the recording, I'm sure you've noticed that the anxious whale had just disappeared. And it sounds like the human is actually taking the piss out of him. One, two, three... Yeah, fuck you! <laughs> that's, that's like whale racist. It is. She's like doing the whale accent. <laughs> Problematic. It's like she's going up to the other one and saying, you know your mate, this is what he sounds like. <laughs> and the implication is... I chat, with, I chat with you for my work, but secretly, I think all whales are idiots. And you don't even speak English that well, you massive wet fools. And I think that lack of respect breaks the moment of optimism for our reformed whale. When it gets to the all-important three, it's just back to farting. It's like her dreams were so close, they became threatening. It's like she chose failure just to fail on her own terms. Uh, what is this? Uh-uh. Where? Uh-uh. This is a breakdown in human whale relations. It's a brutal demolition of two whales' personalities. We interfered in their lives, and all they have now is raspberries. <laughs> this is why Starfleet has the prime directive. 
And these are the whales from Star Trek Four. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye, whales. And that's why I never go first. <laughs> and everyone in this room has just seen the birth of every single jingle on the podcast you'll ever hear again. Bad whales. Bad whales. Now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve's scary feature. February. The month of terror. Terror and it truly is a terrifying time to be alive. I said that in a spooky way. You did. Alive. It's great. Spooks and ghouls abound in my creepiest feature yet. <laughs> is it creepier than your top ten what, creepy animals? <laughs> a cauldron. <laughs> I hope you've each brought a clean pair of underwear with you because you are surely about to do a giant shit into the ones you're wearing right now. Prepare to become so frightened that your skeleton crawls out of your mouth and runs around wearing your loose skin around its waist like a bad wedding dress. You will be so scared. I won't question that image, but (laughs) if it's crawled out of my mouth. Yeah, where else is it going to come out of? (laughs) just... No, I'm not going to question it any further. <laughs> I don't have to. I can't question a nonsensical image. <laughs> you'll be so scared of the words in my feature that you'll almost definitely scream your lungs inside out, and they'll dangle out of your face like a horrible pair of wet carrier bags. And you'll be running around trying to stuff them back in while seagulls try to peck them. <laughs> now, listen up. I have heard that there exists a deck of terrifying cards. <gasps> Precision engineered to spook brown nuggets right out of you. (laughs) Printed on each card is one of the 52 scariest words known to mankind. Everybody who has ever read these words has died. Much later. (laughs) (laughs) The man who created the cards just walked into the sea. And his body was found. <laughs> no. Was that an unfinished sentence in the script? <laughs> or oh, deliberate? <laughs> no, he's just, isn't that spooky? <laughs> this deck of cards is illegal. Uh, so illegal that the United Nations keeps them locked inside a safe upper lighthouse on a secret island near Scotland, and Banky Moon has had the key to the safe surgically implanted in his chest. <laughs> Don't look at me like, <laughs> like I'm going to query this now. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. But tonight, the UN has generously allowed me to borrow no. the horrible cards. Under one strict condition, absolutely nobody looks at them. (laughs) (laughs) Readers of a nervous disposition should stop listening to the podcast immediately. Pregnant readers should know that if they continue listening, there's a risk of 
the womb becoming irreversibly haunted. <laughs> you will potentially give birth to an angry crow <laughs> instead of a baby, or sometimes as well as a baby. I think, I think that was number four on the creepy animals list. So. <laughs> For the readers who are in the room tonight, if you want to leave, you may do so now, but your tickets will not be refunded. Before we examine these cards, I'm going to ask you a series of questions to determine whether or not your guts can handle the torrents of fear about to shoot through them and out of them. What a lovely bit of uh, like synchronicity. Like we literally talked about how I desperately wanted to shit before this podcast. Oh, yeah. You'll shit, Joe. Oh. You'll shit. <laughs> <laughs> no words, just a look of optimism on his face. Log. Hey. Which of these do you find the most scary? Is it A, a ghost driving a car, and on the side of the car is written the word terrorism. <laughs> B, a spider that's near a coffin. Or C, a bee trapped inside a funeral parlor which is on fire. <laughs> a represents the death of terrorism, which is actually a joyful thing. Hmm. B, spiders, they catch... Now, C. C, okay. Noted. <laughs> Matt. Which of these three things do you find the most horrifying? A. A snake that's slithered through the trigger bit of a gun. <laughs> it looks in a way that looks... It, it might accidentally pull the trigger. B. Two dogs barking at one another with increasing volume and with no hope of reconciliation. It doesn't bear thinking about. Or C. A horse that's indoors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got to be C, hasn't it? Okay. No, I feel like I'm having a panic attack just thinking about it. <laughs> so no, um, no addresses the horse in the room. <laughs> it's like the genteel bull in a china shop. <laughs> you stand there being like... <laughs> I've got some China in here. This horse <laughs> might go for it. Joe, same question to you. Which of these is going to... It freaks your nut out the most. Sea horse. <laughs> is it A? Sea horse. <laughs> an old woman smiling, laughing, or doing literally anything. <laughs> is it B? A broomstick that could potentially belong to a witch. Or is it C, all of your guts just falling out one day? <laughs> oh, in your, in well, your state, you'd, you'd pray for that. <laughs> C's fantastic. A, definitely. Old woman smiling. A, old woman smiling. They okay. should. I've determined that you are the most psychologically resilient to what's on this card. <laughs> Super. You may be the only one to read it without going purely insane. <laughs> Oh, what do I have to read it now? Could you pass the card down? To, be careful not to look at it, because I've determined you will literally just explode. <laughs> do I have to look at it now? Okay, I'm going to warn you. Like, this <laughs> is perhaps 
<laughs> the most daring thing that we have done <laughs> in 280 episodes. It's irresponsible, it's unethical, and it's perhaps illegal. I guess if you don't want to hear this, then I guess to just switch close, off now. close your ears. Yeah. Sing beforehand? Will it help? I think we should say the Lord's Prayer before. Okay. <laughs> Let's skip that. All right. <laughs> I think that may make things worse. Joe, could you read what's on the card? Satan. <laughs> if any of you are affected by what's just happened tonight, please come speak to me. I'm going to set up a small support group where we can talk through our feelings and perhaps work out this trauma that's befallen all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm petrified <laughs> right now. I don't know about you guys. I'm sorry, I've really dragged the mood of the podcast down. No, no, it's about where it was when I left my feature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrifying. How, how, have you shot out that burrito yet? Let's have a look. I can smell it from here. No, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. Oh, fucking promises, maybe. promises. Just maybe. You'll spook me. Oh, baby! Right, let's not fuck around. <laughs> let's let's move on. That was my feature. Let's move on. Forget about it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, battle for the anticlimax is on! <laughs> the terror encompasses me. Right, due to a series of, of mad lattes and computer errors, my feature has ended up being... Fucking long. So let's just get on board this train and ride it into a wall. It's Please. a long mat feature. <laughs> Joe, Joe, could you pass the card with Satan on it back? To you? <laughs> it's no longer the most terrifying thing in the room. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, just going to eat it. It's funny because it's true. Listen, guys, I've been talking a lot about the state of England, the state of Europe, the state of the world. And we all know the answer to this is things need to go back to the way that they used to be. Britain needs to return to older, simpler times when things were basic and everyone knew that Britain ruled the world. So guys, today, we're going back to Pangaea. Hey! It's a choose-your-very-own Pangaea adventure in which we go back to the time of the world where, of course, there was only one supercontinent and no other continents, and uh, Britain uh, ruled... Peacefully. Got are you, questions? Why are you looking at Steve so threateningly? <laughs> are you daring him to do something behind my back? No, I'm just, he's, in, he's looking at me. It's a, yeah, I'm it's sorry, a, I'm, I've locked eyes. I can't look away. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, welcome to Pangaea. Is it Pangaea I or thought it was Pangaea? Pangaea. I thought it was Pangaea, but... I hope you've not got any rhyming bits. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I didn't do that because I didn't know how to say it. <laughs> And I couldn't get on the internet to check. Can I just ask ahead of time, are you going to do your caveman voice? No. Well, oh. what's the fucking point? <laughs> I realised... Over. Udogo. 
(laughs) You talking about making wine in a caveman voice is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And frankly, you've let us all down by not doing it again. I did it last Valentine's Day for the first time. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I suppose we've got to listen to it. Never mind, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> so, what is it Pangea? I don't know. Welcome to Pangea. Hey. A continent of opportunity, a landmass of fun, a supercontinent of superb content. Oh, brilliant. Oh. The year is zero. <laughs> Baby Jesus has just been birthed in the city of Jerusalem, England. And did those feet in ancient times. The god clock has hit 12. Bong, 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 etc. And the continents will soon crack and divide into seven unique continents. Europe, Asia, America, America 2, Southern Style Boogaloo, Toto's Africa, Australia, and Angel Island, the floating home of Knuckles the Echidna. (laughs) held aloft by the mysterious power of the Chaos Emeralds. (laughs) You, as a team, have but 12 hours to complete the following objectives. One, assert the dominance of British sovereignty over each of the continents in New Jesus World. That's what the Earth is called at the moment. They change it to Earth later, once Jesus wasn't new anymore and the name didn't make any sense, but now it's New Jesus World. Provide Jesus... Objective two... Provide Jesus the baby Jesus with the three gifts he will need to come into this world as a good British citizen. Frankincense, myrrh, and a traditional blue British passport. Your final objective. Bury as many dinosaur bones as you can as a joke to trick scientists and experts in the future. And bonus objective. Just see if you can make any trade deals. If you can make any deals while you're out there, just, just see if you can make any deals. It doesn't matter. It's probably, it's not probably fine. Just see if you can do it. You step into the time machine, aware of the gravity of the task at hand. You have been chosen as the very best of British, the safest, truest hands of this fair land. Obviously, you're all white men. We've got one, Winston Churchill, notable, much-loved psychopathic arsehole, who effectively washed away his numerous genocides by capping it off with one really good war. Um, selective memory is, is the beating heart of what it means to be British. Sec- second up on your time travel team, you've got Bear Grylls. Populist survivalist wild man, reincarnated via a DNA combo of spittle and spunk found inside an ancient tree. And George Osborne. You all know who George Osborne is, so... Doesn't need any introduction. Anyway, that's your little team of people in this adventure. This is a choose-your-own-adventure. It is. There will be some choices soon, don't worry. You didn't just give me a choice, because I was just listening. Yeah, if you said no, uh-oh. There you go, your choices, diggheads. Right. So... Your, your mission here is only by reigniting the retroactive prophecy can the cycle continue. Heaven only knows what fate might befell a Britain which no longer finds itself the most important nation in the world. <laughs> and did those feet in ancient times... And did those feet? Well, let's find out. Choose your own Pangea adventure! Adventure, adventure. <laughs> I should have had music for this. As the frazzle of the time machine reverberates <laughs> through the flesh of your gooch... You swing the heavy oh, bags. Hang on, he said gooch. Say that Go again. Back again. Yeah. As the frazzle of the time machine reverberates through the flesh of your gooch, <laughs> you swing the heavy bags of fake dinosaur bones over your shoulders and step out into a verdant jungle. You are not in fair old England anymore. There are no summer fates here. You will find no locally produced speciality jam. Out here, you will only have your wits 
and marmalade. You did bring, you brought some marmalade. Would you like to scout the area, bury dinosaur bones, make a trade deal, or detect Jesus? Is the marmalade shredless? Yes. Has it still got a gollywog on it? Yes. Yeah, they, were, they, they get brought back Good. in the future before... In the future before what? Before you go back in the time machine to the, to the beginning of time, zero. Oh, okay. Let's detect Jesus. Let's get that bad boy locked down. Yeah, because that like is firing a North Star into When you the said sky. Jesus, the baby Jesus earlier, was there a colon in that? Like he was the sequel to his own film? Yes. <laughs> cool. I'm there. I'm, I'm down for looking for that. Before Detecting Jesus, you commune with the anointed relic provided. A holy amulet, amulet forged in the sacred fires of Slough. A small vial filled with a fine powder is clasped in the centre, the crushed bones of St. Mother Teresa, arch-matriarch of the eternal British frontline. Now, you're not going to slag off her as well as Winston Churchill, are you? Before that, of course, uh, Mother Teresa served as the British Prime Minister. You can detect no Jesus here. It's the dark future. Imagine like Warhammer 40k, but Britain, which is, we're not that far off, let's be real. <laughs> Just need a few more guns. You can detect no Jesus, so you can either bury the bones, make a trade deal, scout. Scout. I'm saying scout because I heard one of you say bury, and you're (laughs) not doing the choose your own adventure, I am. Yeah. (laughs) That's the British way. (laughs) Fuck you and your suggestions. (laughs) Ah. Okay, Steve, who of the party are you going to send to scout? Are you going to send George Osborne, Winston Churchill, or Bear Gryllis? Oh, my God. God, there's an actual tree behind this, isn't there? I went a bit mad. (laughs) (laughs) This this is a too deep thing. You've actually got a tree going on here. I know, I know. I should be doing something else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Having a rest. (laughs) I want George Osborne to scout because he'll do it twice as quick as everyone else. He's going to snort the bones. Well, that's a risk we'll have to take. (laughs) Let's get Osbo out. Chuffa-dum-a-ding-dong! Yes. Cries the half-cybernetic Chancellor of Justice, brought out of cryosleep in 2153 explicitly for the purposes of this mission. Twisting a shallow dial on the inside of his wrist, he adjusts the flow of liquid cocaine coursing through synthetic valves into his heart. With a near-silent whir, his legs effortlessly unfold like fresh laundry, transforming George's <laughs> lower body into a stabilised, mechanical spider form. He cries, storming through the shrubbery at an alarming speed, leaving a wet spray of flora and fauna behind him. He returns hours later, face slick with assorted fluids, eyes wild, and with grave news. It's a failed scouting mission, guys. You thought the grave news was going to help at least. You heard him. Exclusively right. That's the grave news. That's the grave news. Right. I thought it was pretty obvious. I thought that was like, I don't know. The, you know when they've got question marks before and after a question in Spanish? <laughs> I thought that was the start, and then he'd do it again at the end. <laughs> I'm just sense. explaining myself. I know, I like that. I like that theory. But it's wrong. <laughs> Let's gonna, bury them bones. You're going to bury some bones. You remove from your backpack a triceratops head. Seems a bit far-fetched, do you think? As you carefully bury it beneath a patio being constructed down the road. So now you can just uh, you can make a trade deal or you can keep scouting. How do we know what a triceratops is if we're the ones inventing triceratops? You just made shit up, man. In the future, you just made it up. Basically, a rhinoceros. Britain, but a bit so more. good at making making things like jam and dinosaurs. 
going to make a trade deal. You're going to scout. Trade deal. Trade deal. That's a bonus. All right. Maybe you effortlessly have a customs union. That'd be cool. <laughs> you effortlessly strike up a deal with some of the trees in the jungle, in which you will take 100% of the wood from the trees in exchange for the promise that some of the wood will be used to make shelving for lovely, delicious British jam. That's great. You've got a trade deal already. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. That was. Thank you. This time travel mission is going great. Game well played. And now you just got to work out where you are. You just got to keep scouting. So you're going to send Scout. Winston Churchill or Bear Grylls? Churchill. Churchill is sent to a nearby settlement to blend in with the locals. Assess your location via subtle sociological means. He returns 15 minutes later, having murdered the entire village on the grounds that they were lazy. <laughs> you remind Winston that one of the key tenets of time travel is not affecting the past too much, to which he replies, Poppycock, invents the cigar, and everyone gives him a standing ovation. Hey. I, so, I can tell Matt's read an article about Churchill. <laughs> He's been a dick for, for years, literally since he was alive. <laughs> it's true. Right, let's get Bear Grylls out to the scout. Right, Bear Grylls, right. He's just finished roasting an ancient badger for breakfast. And, uh, and now he's, he's had his daily standing ovation. He's ready to scout it out. He scrambles atop a nearby hill with a frantic yet assured motion <laughs> of an otter on amphetamines. <laughs> Uh, looking across the supercontinent around him, the camera sort of swoops out and does a distant circle. Maybe the sound effect of an eagle plays, if that's a reference that you can enjoy. <laughs> Look, says Bear Grylls, the shape of Pangea is like a big egg with two holes in it. On the top left, a hole like an inquisitive bird. On the right, a man with a tiny penis for a nose. Don't check it on your phone now. You can do it later and be not quite amused enough for it to have been worth your time. Are you so are you describing the actual shape of Pangea? Yes. Uh, how, how is that going to... No one's going to know what that is. Until you ask and he says yes. Yeah. Well, just explain what, what it is. What if I hadn't said this? People just, be, just time-travelled so your ass, man. I literally just told Joe, you what it looks like. It looks like Joe, a big can egg we go back in time and make sure that Steve says that? Yes. <laughs> We've done it now, haven't we? Right, so... To the north, right? He can see now. Jerusalem, England is to the north. Mm -hmm. But you've got you to, like, you haven't finished yet. You've got to go south so you can get sovereignty on this stuff. This Hang on, is that, is that how you hit the branching dialogue there? Where it's like, you made us do everything and then said, oh, wait, now you've got to go south. That's literally how video games work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. If they, I think they're just playgrounds for us all to express ourselves in. You've been, you've been, you're a mug, aren't you? You're a fucking mug. <laughs> One born every minute. <laughs> Let's go south. Let's get some of that sweet, choice, sweet stuff. It's a good choice, Steve. It's a great choice. Congratulations. You have gone south. Oh, and actually, there was even more stuff here, but fuck that. All right. Um, <laughs> Wait, we're going to do it all again? No, at the top of the hill, you can go south, go north, assert sovereignty, make a trade deal, or bury bones. Are we skipping it or are we going? What do you want to do? I'll do Every bit of it. I'm going to rinse this motherfucker. All right. You're at the top of the hill. What are you going to do? What's, what's the list? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Assert sovereignty. Yes. Inspect <laughs> inventory. <laughs> Marmalade. Bones. Amulet. <laughs> I do actually know. It's sad. You plant a fresh Union Jack in the soil atop the hill, its influence spreading across the map in a visually engaging ring of red, white, and blue light. Central Pangaea is now British. West Pangaea, thanks, is now British. East Pangaea 
is now British. The notifications continue. Now only two areas of Pangaea exist outside of, Brit- outside of British sovereignty. Southern Pangaea, Fuck Northern Pangaea, and of course the floating island powered by KS Emeralds. <laughs> so now you can bury bones. You can't detect Jesus because your amulet needs to recharge. <laughs> you can try and get a trade deal on, on this hill. Trade deal. Trade deal. After hours of grueling negotiation, you convinced the hill that you now own the hill. (laughs) You did it. Bang. Two for two. And then in your bones, you've got some... Let's let's get some bones in the ground, please, Matt. In in my bones. (laughs) Come on, let's do this. (laughs) In my bones. You remove from your backpack the shin bone of a fully grown Diplodocus. Seems a bit far-fetched, you think. But you do have little time to relish the future gullibility of science people. Using the hill to survey your surroundings, you spot a young couple taking a break from laying a new patio. Striking while the iron is erect, you bury the bones post-haste. That's great. You're getting rid of loads of these bones. You've got some trade deals. We're rocking it. Now you just got to go like... You can, you can go north now to find the very freshest baby Jesus imaginable, but your main objective does implore you to secure British sovereignty over the six continents as well as the seventh secret continent. (laughs) This is so complicated. (laughs) And he's trying to guide us away from the freshest, newest, baby-born Jesus. This is how I feel playing real board games with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's not complicated if you just listen to the rules. You, you, you keep a, saying things as if we have a choice, but then you, we just carry on. I don't know what's going yeah, on it's anymore. It's a bit flawed design-wise. Yeah, going, so yeah. Oh, hang on. When I, when I criticise it, you said that's video games. Him, you accept his criticism. It's like you respect me less. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Can't put that out there. Look, this feature's complicated <laughs> enough without your feelings coming into it, though. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, south for sovereignty. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, baby, when you dance like that. You make a sovereign man go wild. You what spent is going on? <laughs> I will say it's a reference that to the only I've one sheet heard. of paper has been put on the floor. He's got three more. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I was, I was just... Don't worry. <laughs> oh, mate. That's all right. I just wanted you to have a real sense of the flow. It's useful for everybody because you guys can help them. You just put two down this. You've got five more. <laughs> you pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> not no <laughs> no one can know the words to this it's fucking nonsense you spend a full day trudging through the diverse Pangaean biomes <laughs> <laughs> that oh will soon divide into seven clean continents snowfields deserts the chemical plant zone <laughs> Bear Grillis puts a hand out to stop the party's progress ducking into a nearby ancient bush we have reached the deep south, and with it, true danger. Ahead of you lies a savage metropolis of sickening ideals, a bastardization of all that is British and British and good. The city of London. London, the city of slags. Muppet Central, home of the geezer. The Queen's old gaff, the mucky chimney, the concrete pin forest, the smutty jungle. London. Streets of dreams, the dirty warehouse. The ancient brick factory, the citadel of booze, the big old sooty place, the great fucking charmer London, London town. The palace of imagination, <laughs> the big smoky Monday, 
like Smoky Monday. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> the stout suit and trousers, the cobbles and bones, the big mucky banana. London, <laughs> you must never go there. But today, we must. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sally Forth. <laughs> so, you can either go north, assert your sovereignty, make a trade deal, Detect with Jesus. I love people ch- whispering trade deal. As if it's like... He keeps doing tactics. that. Tactics. This Got is it. the key. This is the key. Detect for Jesus or bury bones. More trade... People are getting really into it. Wow. Trade deal, obviously. Glad somebody is. I, be trade deal. I want to guess the next dinosaur. Is it Stegosaurus? Oh, that's a good idea. There's bury the bones. 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 London. Bones. Bones. Okay, okay. Bury them bones. I got it, got it. You can bury me after this, all right? Just let me <laughs> let me have my moment, and then, then you can kill me. This is my swan song, all right? Murder me. London is brimming with patios. You bury <laughs> fucking tons of bones. T-Rex jaws, pterodactyl dicks, the lot. That's the last of them. Good work. Objective complete. Dick. Oh. Dick is not actually a bone. Pterodactyl's not a dinosaur. Flo- this this whole feature is flawed. <laughs> Steve's got you there, hasn't he? Thanks, Steve. It's my insider wingman. Right, you wing finished man. Bones. Sovereignty. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sovereignty, sovereignty in the most bored sovereignty. <laughs> I remember the list. Let's get through the list. Let's fucking get this empire fixed. Let's do right. it. Right, for sovereignty, in order to get sovereignty this time, it's a big city. You've got to send in Winston. You happy with that? Send in Winston. Churchill leaves to assert sovereignty over the city of London. He returns 23 minutes later, having murdered 4 million people out of spite. (laughs) He does some shit with a bow tie and says the word Spitfire. Everyone, including the families of those who just died... Hang on, is he Matt Smith, the 11th Doctor? (laughs) I mean, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, cool. I haven't got any other references to Doctor in there, but you can have that one. I'll take it. Everyone gives him a standing ovation again. He's great. Hey. So you've you've done sovereignty. You've done. Bam, 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 bam. And then, uh, yeah. That fuck the pain away. <laughs> fuck the pain away. <laughs> I assume everything's fuck the pain away on this podcast. <laughs> that makes sense. You, you can either try and detect baby Jesus. I mean, he's not here, but you can see what happens. Well, let's not do that then. Oh, you want to detect Jesus? Yeah, 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 let's go for it. <laughs> the bone dust in the amulet reverberates gently. Teresa still, even in death, even through the rifts of time, maintains a psychic link to the rest of her brood, whether hatched, dead, or still dormant in an egg. Thatcher's many children speak whispers through the night. There is no Jesus here. The unspoken voices chitter in the corners of your mind. So there's no Jesus here. But you can still try and make a trade deal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everyone loves choices, right? Choices are so much fun. It's just me like hitting a key over it. Go. Next one. It's a fucking shitty twine game. All right. You have to send George Osborne in. Lord Osborne makes the preparations required for negotiations within the city of London. Slotting four fresh cocaine cartridges directly into the sockets in his spine, his eyes shock to life for a moment. And you're sure you can see a glimmer of pain. It's said his modifications mean that he cannot feel or understand pain. It's said to be how he did the things he did. Don't you dare humanise him. But returning from the city in a haze of champagne, he brings back fantastic news. Uh, Chava-dava-ding-dong! You've got another deal. 
fan fucking. What was the deal? What was the trade deal? You heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, right? Yeah. I th- it's amazing. I would have felt the need to answer that question with a badly improvised thing, but no, you fuck off. You heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left to do now. Would you like to choose to go north? <laughs> yes. I'd love to. Thank you. Or should we? <laughs> Wait, you, you didn't do objective complete after that one. Objective. No, hang on. Did we not? Objective complete. Congratulations. That's three out of four. I've been keeping track. You just got to find oh ba- baby Jesus now, and you know what? Such a fucking achievement hunter. <laughs> Let's go north. Let's get this uh, Jesus thing. Right you have now. arrived in Jerusalem, England. The pendant vibrates with ferocious intent. And Bear Grillis is confident that you can't be far away. He's been tracking baby Jesus for miles now. You're close. So close. What's this? It's a motherfucking manger. Bingo. Yes, please. Frantically, you kick the donkeys out of the way, getting yourself right to the front of the queue. (laughs) Where are my presents? Demands the holy babe. You reach into the bag, but Bear Grillis has filled it with any old shit. <laughs> Do you remember the gifts that you needed to give him? Bath bombs. <laughs> Bath bombs. There were three gifts. What next? Uh, frankincense. Frankincense. Yeah. And a blue passport. Those were the three gifts you needed to give him. <laughs> Congratulations. As you hand baby Jesus his God-ordained blue passport, your sovereignty spreads across the land like a fully formed rash. The angels <laughs> sing the most holiest of songs. <laughs> and then you're all put back into time stasis until the British loop needs to continue. You didn't manage to find Angel Island, uh, but to do so you would have needed to defeat Dr. Robotnik and find all of the other the other emeralds. Oh, this is like the end of fucking Borderlands 2 when I didn't get to go to the moon that was ruled by Hyperion. Yeah. So if you want to do that, you have to do the feature again. Let's start again. Yeah, let's go from the beginning. (laughs) This time we're going to get Angel Island. Speed run. (laughs) New game plus. Here we go. Welcome to... (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to Pangea. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Bye. I feel a genuine sense of accomplishment having finished that game. I thought you were going to say a genuine sense of loss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just hope that anyone listening to it has half as much fun as I had just fucking going mad with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, look at the size of Joe's. (laughs) I'm out of here. I've done my time. (laughs) I've written the great British novel. (laughs) Oh, you're reading it in full. No, it's fine. It's only two-thirds again as long as Matt's. So it's fine. Just gonna Yeah, trade deal. <laughs> Got just, one in. Steve's actually Steve, left. S- Steve. He's contingent. Steve just quietly stroked my arm. I love people said, now. I'm going to go for a wee. Oh, it's all right. Well, well I'm half-heartedly saying trade deal now, like it's but I like kind it's, of knew that I had to explain it to people. Pass, so pass, I'm not yeah, snitching on him. It's just, he's just gone for, well, he hasn't I'll, actually left. Steve won't listen to any of the setup anyway, so it's fine. So, I've been watching a lot of European mystery dramas, like La, La, La Mont and Dunkel, which I think is probably dark. <laughs> dark. Is that what it means? <laughs> That's bloody good, isn't it? Right? And the things that I've noticed about them are this. One, so they're very successful and good. 
Well, Le Mans's not, but it's useful because I've only watched two. <laughs> there are several features that they share. Number one, sex. Number two, interpersonal drama. Number three, <laughs> stereotypes of the countries that they're about. And number four, absolutely ridiculous events that would sound stupid if they weren't in a foreign language. Um, and I've noticed something missing in British versions of mystery dramas, which is all of those. Um, so, for instance, Midsummer Murders or Foil's War. Hey, Midsummer Murders is pure interpersonal relationships. He always solves or, the, only the crime s- by talking to his wife. The only sex I remember in Midsummer Did Murders is the one applause? episode where Imelda... Crap? Did he get a clap for saying that Midsummer Murders is pure interpersonal drama? Oh, I was looking the other way, sorry. I thought I'd done something meaningful for once. John Nettle sitting in the back. I'm sorry, all that talk of Jesus made me need to pray. I just whisked off a quick prayer off stage. Um... Well, you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a Madonna-style prayer. What? Is that another song reference that I don't get? You've not heard Like a Prayer by Madonna? But is it about... Being on your knees and that that sex? Well, is it really? Yeah. See? 50%. I was, I was praying. <laughs> but anyway, what I've done is I've attempted to bring British mystery drama up to speed by writing one. And it's... I haven't got a name yet. We'll come up with one at the end, maybe. I hadn't thought that bit. X'd the sky morning. That's how scripts work. (laughs) We fade into a landscape view of a village that was almost definitely a backdrop in Midsummer Murders or Richard Breyer's sex tape. This is our setting, the sleepy hamlet of Hogarty under Blythe. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how it would happen. The sky is blue, but dustings of frost on every roof betray the quintessentially English chill in the air, but will only be quintessential if you're English, and will not be explained to if you're foreign. This is Matt's feature. (laughs) It'll just go right over your quintessentially stupid foreign head. Chimneys pop from thatched roofs like so many stubby little brick dicks from the zips of a builder's overall, but the builder is a mock Tudor house. Soft curls of smoke loop from every one, intertwining in a dazzling curlicue pattern that is unquestionably the crimped edge of a pasty. A sky pasty? Is it an omen? Or a blessing? As cool electro begins to play, the camera dips into the village. Oh shit, son! It's the stylized intro! In a single shot, the camera passes by multiple house windows, each revealing a scene that is as baffling as it is cool, but will probably make sense by the end of the series. These include... A couple slapping each other's faces furiously while having missionary sex. A dog stroking a man. (laughs) And a cardboard box on a bed that has bad secrets written on it in in kids' handwriting. I mean, like Netflix with green like this already, just done. Finally, the camera comes to rest on the village sign. It reads, Welcome to Hogarty Under Blythe. No dead bodies here. Directly under the sign, there's a dead body, ironically. (laughs) The stiff is prostrate, with its head dunked in a washing-up bowl of brown foaming liquid. Detectives Jonathan Pint, played by Log, and Belinda Belinda Olivia Coleman type, played by Steve, flank the corpse. And so we begin. Oh, go on, let's do it again. No, Belinda, you know I have a wife that I love. 
but who is haunted by a miscarriage suffered after being startled by a loud horse. And so has closed off from me emotionally. I'm cool. reading this better than I read my own feature. <laughs> Go on. It'll be a two-time thing. No, I need to be honourable about this. I have to tell her I'm bi. I should have mentioned before now that Belinda is a man. Can we just do our job and inspect his corpse? Ugh, fine. I also forgot to say that Belinda is Scottish. <laughs> which is the sort of thing that's very obvious to a domestic audience, but would be totally lost on an international one. Like when a Swede in the bridge laughs at an uncultured Dane and you're just sat there going, well, you both sound like Muppets to me, mate. <laughs> Initial assessment, he's been drowned. But in what? Jonathan dips his pinky into the liquid, then rubs it on his gums, sniffs his finger, and dips an old-fashioned doctor's thermometer in it. It's Tetley's. The tea or the beer? Both. <laughs> oh my god. At this moment, a ghost, played by Matt, flies out of the corpse <laughs> like it's been shot out of an invisible ghost gun. The ghost isn't invisible, though. He's just sort of blue. The gun is the mechanic of a simile, which is like a ghost for words, and definitely an invisible one. Jesus Christ, one minute I am dead. The next I feel my eternal soul being loaded into a literal gun that I could see. It is a, it is it a, is a ghost. ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Jonathan. Wait a second. You're called Jonathan. But I'm called Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> Jonathan, with an A at the end? No, I'm Jonathan with an O at the end. Oh, well, I'm Jonathan with an A at the end. This is going to be quite complicated, I expect. Well, this to kind be honest, of... this is going to be really hard role-playing for me, because I'm actually Jonathan with an A at the end. <laughs> <laughs> This kind of metatextual confusion is exactly what audiences and actors love to wrestle with. <laughs> oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least this should make... <laughs> you fucking done a prick script. <laughs> you fucking changed it so Ghost on the script turns to them both being Jonathan, one with an A and one with an O. <laughs> You're fucking... I know Pay attention! <laughs> We're gonna sell this shit! This is revenge for me putting, played by Joe, not actually Gav says this one, in a script for you. You prick! You're, getting you're, anyway. a, piece, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> is is this podcast all about revenge now? <laughs> well, at least this should make our jobs easier. Who killed you, ghost? Please, call me Jonathan. <laughs> Who killed you, Jonathan? <laughs> Who killed you, Jonathan? Jonathan, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going as beautifully as I hoped it would. You've gone fucking. <laughs> Steve, you're Belinda. Belinda is easy to see on the script. Jonathan, what do you remember before you died? I'm not dead! Yeah, I'm the ghost around these parts, baby. I meant you, Jonathan. <laughs> not you, Jonathan. Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm well, I'm glad you understand. <laughs> Well, one minute I was a Red Arrows pilot doing a loop-de-loop -loop for a village fate. The next I heard a crack and flew face-first directly into this bowl and died, I guess. Well, that's just great sky crime. We're ground police. It's out of our jurisdiction, Jonathan. I'm sorry to hear that. No, he was talking to me. Belinda just loves patronising me. 
As if I don't know that we're ground police and not sky police. Look, just because your wife isn't giving you all the bi-loving you crave from me, Belinda, your male Scottish lover. Shut up. Up, oh, Belinda. Oh, hang on. Yeah, from, yeah. yeah. From me, Belinda. Belinda. You're the only Belinda your in this. Scottish lover. I thought, I thought you were introducing a second Belinda. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Gav's not here, sadly. <laughs> now I'm lost. Uh, so just say, we'll go back from Oh, Shut Up, Belinda. It's a read through, it's fine. It's like what Quentin Count Tarantana does. <laughs> <laughs> So do I need to say, oh, shut up, Belinda? Someone tell me to shut up. Oh, shut up, Belinda! Fine, let's go. Banksy not driving. Okay, bye, Jonathan. Okay, bye, Jonathan. (laughs) Jonathan and Belinda leave. Jonathan, with an O, puts his hand down Belinda's police trousers on the sly. This will be a recurring dark romance with negative consequences, but four or five steamy sex scenes. You can just tell. I suppose I'm going to have to just solve my own murder. This is the A plot. And tell my girlfriend not to sleep with anyone else for the rest of her life because I'll get well jealous. This is the B plot. But first, I guess I need to work out how to get into the sky. Can ghosts just fly? Jonathan, with an A, does a little squeezed up face and starts flying really fast directly upwards. Oh, good. Scene two. (laughs) X space. Morning still, probably, but it's space, so that's slightly redundant. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake, I'm not really used to my ghost powers, and I flew too far. I bet I've got telescopic phantom eyes, though. Yep. (laughs) We see a first-person view as Jonathan's eyes zoom in. In what is clearly a doctored use of a Google Maps image, we see his gaze settle on Hogarty under Blythe. But something's wrong, which we'll know because the music will be scary now. From below, what we saw at the start of the show was a smoky sky pasty. But from above, that pasty looks a lot more like a croissant. Jesus Christ, is that a... There's a jump scare as a ghost wearing a beret, played by Steve, appears from behind Jonathan with an A. Hello, Jonathan. (laughs) Who the hell are you? You can call me Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming that it has a little accent over the A at the end. Correct. It suddenly does, on the script as well. (laughs) Pleasure to meet you, Jonathan. And you as well, Jonathan. Hello! Who is that? I'm Jonathan. How did you get up here, Jonathan? Uh, Astral projection? I I don't know, Jonathan. It'll be probably explained later. Okay, well, I'm just talking to Jonathan. Jonathan. So, just wait a second. Wait Wait a second, why are you here? Jonathan, I'm here to tell you that England is France now. <laughs> to be continued. Credits roll, soundtrack by Clocks by Coldplay, except all the lyrics are in French. <laughs> How dare second. you make a joke out of my name? The second half of the Jonathans, when there's a third Jonathan, went much better than I expected. Well done, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that could honestly get get greenlit by Netflix. And that's Tri- not a compliment. Oh, no. <laughs> Try John's. <laughs> Try John. Trijonet. <laughs> Paris. Um, so that's the show, innit? Goodness. Don't, <sighs> Don't just drop that on me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've gone well over time. We Have we? Them up, yeah, well, oh, well yeah, done. 20 to 9. Oh, fantastic. Jesus. We could, we could do a jingle if they, if they really want. Do some so, raspberries. Shout a jingle. Do long raspberries. Raspberries. Four raspberries. Coral raspberries. Yeah. 
What song are we going to do? What race. song are we going to do? In... Like a barbershop. Stand by me. Okay. <laughs> I'm the drums. I think that's clapping to stop us. <laughs> they don't have microphones. Let's keep doing. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very all much for coming. for coming. We'll be downstairs. Yeah. God. <laughs>